People's Champ Radio. I go by the name Roy Mack. Y'all know what it is, man. DPC, FED, that's the plug. No Chaser Radio is the movement. I'm rocking solo today, man. No cash. It's all good, man. We gonna still fill in for the homie and keep it popping like we do. Y'all wanna make sure that y'all subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell icon too on the YouTube channel so you can get notified when that new fresh content is dropping for you. If you haven't heard it yet, you wanna go there. Check out what we dropped from Cash just a few days ago. It's called Facts Only. You wanna check that out that we just put up on the YouTube channel some fire right there that cash is spitting talking about the whole lonzo ball situation is real good man real good game in there so check that out on itunes as well man in the podcast section you can check us out right there people's champ radio iheart radio we coming soon no chaser radio that's the movement man y'all know what this is out here we gonna get it in today though man i'm here for y'all family I'm here. I'm flying the spaceship. No review mirrors, man. We ain't looking back. So let me pop a top. We're going to get right into this thing, man. Let's get this thing popping. I really wanted to come on here and say that my level of concern for the Oklahoma City Thunder had dwindled. That was my initial thought process a couple of days ago. I was like, man, I can't wait to the show. Because I'm feeling better about OKC. And then the New York game happened. And, you know. <laughs> I mean, OKC. Listen, I I watched the, uh, the game against the, the 76ers that they pulled out in triple overtime. And although I, I, I'll admit this, the Sixers are one of my favorite teams to watch right now because they're young, playing good basketball. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder shouldn't need triple overtime to beat, um, to beat Philly. I don't care that they were playing in Philly. You understand that? I don't care they were playing in Philly. They, they shouldn't need overtime to beat the Sixers. Not if they want to be or get to where they want to get to, right? You got to be able to handle the 76ers. But they pulled it out in triple overtime. Then on a the back-to-back, they had to play in New York. And I don't want to hear about, oh, it's a back-to-back. No, 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 no. You're a veteran ball club. Your aspiration should be championship or bust. You know that at coming into the New York game, you're at 500. You need to go on a run where you run off several games in a row to give yourself some cushion, give everybody some confidence. And then you go up to New York and you lose. Michael Beasy looks like looks like he did coming out of Kansas State, right? <laughs> With all that upside and promise. What happened to Michael Beasley? Let's just stop and take a second on Beasley. For those of you who do not remember, at Kansas State, shout out to the Wildcats. Man, people were talking about Mike. Mike Beasley was supposed to be one of these change the game type guys. I mean, if you go back and watch some of that tape of him at K-State. He was going to be that big who who had physical size, who he could bang with you, was athletic, but could also knock down the jump shot all the way out to three-point range. Now, although he did play the power forward in college, and that's a bit of a mirage sometimes that people have to be careful of with uh, with college, with big guys in college, because you never really know how big those guys are. I tell people all the time, it's not a plethora of good seven-footers walking around. 
And I say that because in college, what will happen a lot of times, you'll get guys who are 6'7", six, 6'8", six, but that are built, muscular built, uh, that Carl Malone type build. And so those guys are able to, you know, really be physical with some of those taller guys, guys who are 6'9", 6'10", 7 foot. They're able to be very, very physical with them and have their way. So Beasley was one of those guys. I mean, he was dunking on people. He was, you know, put back dunks. He's going straight up. He's doing his thing. He came to the NBA, yeah, you know, he had to start playing the, uh, the, the, the small forward, had to really start working on his jumper, become a better jump shooter, and he just never really, you know, it just never fully, the Mike Beasley thing really didn't, you know, he was always a guy that you saw me like, oh, okay, I think, you know, we might go ahead and pick this guy up, but then it was kind of like, ah, this motherfucker, <laughs> you feel me? I like Beasley though. He, he hasn't been a bad player. He's been a good NBA player, but just that, you know, he's just been kind of just a above average NBA player, um, you know, but good player. But against the, 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 the Thunder, he looked like the guy that people thought he was going to be. Killed the Thunder, destroyed the Thunder. And they're just not a good basketball team right now. Um, I'm going to give it a couple more weeks and then I'm going to have to come on here and just tell it what it is that I'm done with. Um, but right now, I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> now, that meter on the panic meter has gone up with me for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Listen, when I watch them play, it's 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 weird the way that, that they're trying to work out that that dynamic. And a lot of that I'm putting on Billy Donovan. I just have to because at what point do we start criticizing coaching? Everybody's talking about, oh, Carmelo needs to do this more or Paul George needs to do that more. Westbrook needs to focus on being a point guard, getting those other two guys involved. Or or some people even taking the other way. Hey, Westbrook just needs to do him and let them fit in. All of that sounds cool. Okay, who's the person putting that in place? Who's responsible for making sure whatever the hell is going to happen happens? It should be Billy Donovan. I'm not shitting on Billy Donovan. I think he's a decent coach. I think he's a decent coach. Here's the thing about the NBA. The great coaches, go and look, all the great coaches are good at coaching personalities. This is why most of those really good coaches in the NBA are either what they call NBA lifers or these are guys who played in the league. Phil Jackson, great coach of the NBA, played in the league. Uh, Steve Kerr, who's coaching right now really good coach now obviously that's <laughs> so with the Warriors so maybe that's a bad example maybe that's a little skewed but he does seem to know how to manage those personalities very well and if you know something about Steve Kerr and his playing background when you're playing with Jordan Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman you know something about some personalities right um, but, but all of these guys you know even take like a Greg Popovich who didn't play but who's been an NBA lifer um, so those guys, you know, going even back to like a guy like a Jerry Salone with the Utah Jazz for all those years, he played in the league. So we understood managing personalities, although he clashed with Darren Williams at the end. Um, but of, that's what you have to do, be able to manage personalities. And so at this point, at this juncture, I'm not sure if Billy Donovan is able to do that. I don't know if we'll ever hear it, but I, I think that also played into Kevin Durant's decision to leave. I don't know if Kevin will admit it. But I think that's that's a fair statement that 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 was a factor in his decision. It has to be. But if you're OK, see, it is what it is right now, man. You know, you are you are what your record, what your record says you are right now. They're 14 and 15 sitting at the eighth seed in the in the uh, in the West right now. Now, here's the irony about this. They're still the scariest team that you don't want to see in the first round of the playoffs. 
with everything I just said, let's say Houston still wraps up the first seed because they're currently uh, number one seed in the West. Let's say Houston wraps up that first seed. And for their prize of being the number one seed in the playoffs and beating out the Warriors for that number one seed, you got to play the Oklahoma City Thunder the first round. Let me just say this. In the West, whoever you get in the first round, that's not going to be an easy round for you. Let me just put that out there. Now, you should not think all the uh, all the higher seeded teams should advance, but those are going to be good series. Let's just take a snapshot of it, what it is right now. So right now, one through eight, we'll go through it quick. One is Houston, uh, Golden State at two, San Antonio at three, Minnesota's four, Portland five, six is Denver, seven, New Orleans, and then eight is the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you could potentially have Houston at OKC. Or, or I'm sorry, OK, uh, OKC at Houston, which is a tough series because now it's in the game slows down, courts shrink. Although people have been very excited about Houston, I'm liking what Houston's doing. Understand, they're scoring a lot of points. The games tend to slow down. Can they continue to push the pace and score? And also that Mike D'Antoni system hasn't proven that it can ultimately work because the ultimate prize is the championship now i know a lot of people want to say well the warriors stole that formula hey i don't know mike d'antoni's still in the league it could have worked the one year that the suspension happened to 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 uh my man stoudemire with the bullshit with him coming off the bench but it is what it is right um so that's a good first round matchup then you got golden state new orleans that's a good first round matchup because there's, there's already some tension and some bad bad blood there boogie cousins and and uh, Durant got into it, a couple technical fouls, ejections, things like that. And plus, when you got those two big guys, right, you got those two big guys in New Orleans, that's going to be tough in the series, man, when the game is slowed down. And, and you know, that I think that would be a tough series. Would I favor the Golden State Warriors? Come on, man, don't be stupid. But that's a tough – I can see that series going six games easily. Um, at the at three C right now, you got San Antonio. They can get Denver. While Denver doesn't get a lot of headlines, that's a tough team. They're kind of San Antonio ish. So it's kind of like San Antonio playing their little brother in terms of style and the way that that, that whole team is ran. So that's a good series. Then you get the four five matchup, which is basically. You know, I would favor Minnesota because I think they have. If, if I'm listen, when, when I go through the playoff roster, I always always go, I always go old school. If I'm at the playground, I'm picking up how many guys from one team am I picking before I get to the other team. And if I'm being honest, my first two picks are Towns number one, Jimmy Buckets number two. Probably taking Wiggins. No, I can't disrespect that. I would probably take Dame third, but then after that is Wiggins four. No disrespect to anybody over there uh, uh, in Portland. I like McConnell. I like, I mean, I'm sorry, McCullough. I like CJ McCullough. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So, I, I would favor Minnesota. But that still is a good matchup because Damian Litter, you know what he can do. So, still very difficult, man. So, we'll see ultimately what happens there. I, 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 I just, you know, me and OKC right now, man, we're just not rocking. Not rocking, man. Not rocking. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like what I'm seeing. But we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll see what happens, man. Let's talk about this, though, man. Something that happened. <laughs> Something I saw this morning. When, uh, this morning, waking up. If you don't know, Kevin Hart hosted SNL on Saturday. Got a lot of backlash about his monologue 
lot of people coming out about his monologue saying that it was sexist it was degrading some people just hell said hell it just wasn't good and it threw me off because I actually watched his monologue and I watched some of the show flicking back and forth. But I was thinking, man, what, what did I miss? You know what I mean? I'm like, damn. Usually I consider myself to be up to, you know, up to speed on if something's a diss, but I didn't hear it. So I know we're living in a different time. Everybody's hypersensitive about everything. So I'm thinking, damn, did he slip something in and it just, you know, went over my head or I just missed it? And then I'm seeing that people were upset with the fact that in his monologue, he was making a joke about how moms aren't fun. And how <laughs> something to the effect of like, you know, kids when they come home, you've never heard a kid say, I can't wait to get home and play with mom. And oh my goodness, social media got at him. <laughs> social media got at the homie, man. And listen, he's already going through it. If you don't know, he has a situation right now, uh, kind of a little bit of a back and forth. Hopefully they, they'll squash the bullshit, but it is what it is. He having a little bit of a back and forth right now with the comedian Michael Blackson. You mother sucker. Uh, with, with the comedian Michael Blackson. And it's all because, in Kev's words at least, he was a little bit, I guess, disappointed with Michael making some jokes about him on social media while Kevin was going through his, his shit with, uh, with his wife, with the whole cheating scandal and the tapes out there and extortions and all of that. He felt like, you know, I guess maybe Mike owed him better, right? And, you know, listen, here's my thing. While I can understand where Kevin's coming from, It's comedy, man. Listen, I'm a, I'm gonna defend Kevin and what he said in his monologue, and be like, "Yo, come on, y'all y'all can't be that sensitive." He's telling a joke, obviously, right? Um, and I'm also gonna defend Michael Blackson. I don't know what kind of personal relationship him and Kev have, but he's making jokes, man. It's a lot of comedians that when they get up there, not saying that Kev is this type of comedian, so maybe that's why Kev is taking offense of, to it. But a lot of comedians, most of their set. Is them getting up there kind of talking about current events what's happened here and they're talking about people what's happened over here uh this scandal from from this celebrity this scandal from this sports star you know and and kind of playing on that whole thing so that's that's a common thing you dig you dig what i'm saying that's not something out of the norm now he's saying his homeboy owed him better so you know that kind of is what it is but this monologue thing was crazy though i, I i'm talking people were getting at him heavy heavy they were getting that Kev he got the new movie coming out Jumanji um, which I'm probably going to take the fam to see the little ones to go check out um, him and The Rock in that movie <laughs> and I don't know man it's, it's getting so weird out here the climate is so crazy if you're a comedian I mean what the hell he's telling a joke his whole entire monologue is about you know families and kids and he's talking because his 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 current wife she just had um a child and he's just you know it, it's very family it's a family oriented set he's doing in his open monologue and you know that was a part of it but people take offense to stuff man these days and once social media gets a hold of it let me just say this about social media some of that shit you just gotta take with a grain of salt matter of fact not some a lot of that shit you gotta take with a grain of salt man that's just real talk and the reason I said it is because, first of all, it's a lot of trolls out there. They're just saying stuff to say it, number one. Number two, it's a bunch of people that I can guarantee you didn't even watch the monologue. They're just commenting on some shit that somebody else posted, right? And so they're adding on a little bit of uh, uh, fuel to the fire. So, you know, people just jump on stuff, and it's this new thing where people just want to be outraged. I call it selective outrage. 
where this is where somebody just you know for no real rhyme or reason just decides today i'm outraged now there are real things in today's climate that you should be outraged about make no mistakes about that but that type of stuff a comedian making a joke and then you somehow you equating that i saw one thing on social media that they highlighted where somebody was like you know we're, we're wrapping up 2017 which was such a great year for women and kev is pulling us back with those types of jokes my damn <laughs> was it that deep so he's the guy, the comedian making a joke. Clearly it's a joke. Now, whether you think it's a good or a bad joke, that's up to you, but it's a joke. Now, with that being said, there are some jokes that do go too far, but that him saying that moms aren't fun and then him kind of expounding on that and playing on that whole thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, he's not making, that wasn't a racial joke. That wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't that, it wasn't a, a, uh you know he he wasn't making light of something serious that's when i think you know maybe comedians do cross the line a little bit especially in this day and age because they know it's hypersensitive it's certain things that you can possibly cross it but but you know whatever man <laughs> shout out to kev hard I'm, I, I i i rock with kev i think what it is too i think it's kind of a natural backlash from kev i think kev should have got away longer i thought the scandal was actually pretty good for kev not from a salacious from a tabloid standpoint but because it did give him opportunity to get away for a while he's been in so much he come he comes up with all these specials he has another comedy tour that's coming out and i i'm i started to see the rumblings a few years ago of people starting that whole ah kevin hart is not really funny funny anymore and it's kind of an old saying how can i miss you if you won't leave and it's kind of one of those things where you kind of need to leave a little bit and then maybe come back you know what i mean and when I say leave, even though he leaves the stage from doing his 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 specials, well, that's because he's putting out two, three movies that hit you. Boom, 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 boom. Hit you with these movies, then come right back, hit you with a special. Now, I'm not mad at the business model. I'm just saying I'm starting to see things sour on him a bit. And listen, it's not a lot of comedians that put out those specials like that. First of all, a lot of these motherfuckers don't have that kind of demand. Let's just be very real. So shout out to Kev for having a demand to continue to put that out. But we'll see, man. Wish, wish him nothing but the best. You're rocking with People's Champ Radio right now, man. I go by the name Roy Mack. Every Sunday afternoon, me and Cash on the big show, we rock with you, man. I'm solo today. We'll figure out what... We'll put out an APB on Cash and figure out what the hell's going on, man. <laughs> Hit us up on the YouTube channel and make sure you rate, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell icon, get the notifications so you can be updated when that new ish is dropping. You already know we on that iTunes, man. Hit us up in the podcast section right there. Our Heart Radio, we coming. Speaking of radio, a lot of hip-hop albums dropped over the last couple days, man. A lot of good hip-hop, man. Listen, I was juiced. Anytime I can get new Jeezy, I'm always here for some new Jeezy. Um, some new M drop, Eminem drop, new Lil Boosie. Scarface released kind of like a follow-up album called uh, Deeply Rooted, The Lost Files. A lot of hip-hop, man. Let me start off with that uh, with that Jeezy, first of all. 
If you haven't listened to that Jeezy, the uh, Young Jeezy album, Pressure, it's a dope album, bro. That's a nice album. I I, I fucks with that heavy. Um, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Uh, Thug Motivation 101 for me is a classic album. That's some, some class, that's a classic album. So I didn't know where he was going to go with this album. I didn't know what I was going to hear from Jeezy. Like what I'm hearing from Jeezy. Listen, he stayed in his lane. He didn't try to go too, you know, super political, but he's been known to do that over his career. Not, I'm not, I'm not saying go super political, but to drop some political gems, drop some social gems in there. He's the, listen, he gave you my president is black. Um, But it's a dope album. That's a good album from Jeezy, man. I really enjoyed that album. And he has a track with him, J. Cole, and they say Kendrick Lamar. And listen, I... Kendrick is on the song, but he's not really spitting. He does like a little 30-second little singy melody thing. I don't know what that is. The verse that the verse that Kendrick, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the verse that J. Cole spits is some fire, right? Um, but it's really not Kendrick and J. Cole. If, if, if I'm being if I'm being just real, you feel me? Um, but the name of the track is called American Dream. It's a dope track. I like it. Uh, I like the whole album. It's not. It's not really a song on there that I skipped through. It's only thirteen tracks. I didn't skip through anything. Let it ride. Let me know what's what's your favorite Jeezy man. It should be that Thug Motivation One Hundred One. That's a classic album. I don't give a damn what y'all talking about. We might have to become the new source. Remember the source? How many of y'all remember the Source magazine, dog? If you're not old enough to remember the source, how it used to drop and that feeling of getting that source, opening it up and seeing what the hell's going on. That was like your outlet for the hip hop was figuring that, you know, and I, and I came in on the tail end of the source when it was kind of like on its way out. Um, but still, it was, you know, I had been hearing about it my whole life. And then when I finally got opportunity to where I was the dude that could, you know, order the source and yada, yada, yada. It was dope, man. It was dope. But I like that album. Let's talk about this Eminem album, though, because that was really anticipated. People didn't know what to expect from him. My first impression when I listened to it is, damn, this shit is long. It's like 19 tracks. Too long. Whenever you give me 19 tracks, to me, that's too long. You better be really spitting something if you're giving me 19 tracks. And it's, here's my stance on M. I don't dislike M. I think M is dope. M, he gets away with a lot of bullshit in hip-hop and he admits it he admits it that he gets away with a lot of bullshit in hip-hop that he gets a lot of accolades in hip-hop because of him uh being a white rapper and being dope and for me my problem with the m record not my problem but my expectations is always I know I'm gonna get good quality bars, but at some point it's gonna get too damn dark for me. It's just gonna become dark. You know, Emma's a dark rapper. You feel me? He's tying motherfuckers up. He's slitting people's throats. I mean, it just be, you know, he's doing stuff to his mom. You know, it's just, the shit just gets too dark. And that's when I can't really relate. Shout out to Lord Jamar. I saw a Lord Jamar interview years ago where he talked about him. And it was exactly what I had been saying for years about him is that, like, yo, listen. M is dope. He can spit. He can rap. Some of his, he has some great all-time classic tracks. But a lot of that shit I just can't relate to. 
You feel me? I ain't grew up in a trailer park, man. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't know that lifestyle. And it's not for me. And that's cool. That's cool. But that's, I'm just giving you my experience. When I come into an Eminem project, I'm, I'm already knowing that at some point, this shit's going to get dark. And that's going to probably be my exit. You know what I'm saying? Whenever the dark shit comes. And this album takes a little bit of a turn. A little bit of a turn. Doesn't get super dark. It's some dark things in there, though. He didn't give you a just lose it, which is good, which is a good thing, because that's a bullshit song. That's bullshit, Eminem. That just lose it. Ah, that's a stupid fucking song. He didn't do that. I don't think, at least. I don't remember hearing a track like that. That shit is stupid. Um, He gave me some good tracks. I mean, out of the night, it's just so long, though. Out of the 19 tracks, I would probably say, I would probably say I enjoy... I don't know. I'm trying to be fair. I would say, uh, if I'm just being honest, fuck being fair. Let me just be honest. I enjoy six of those 19 tracks. I really fucks with four heavy. Really fucks with four heavy. And listen, I, I think it's some stuff on there that probably could have been taken off. <laughs> now, it's a... Now, He's been afforded, because of his body of work, he's afforded some leeway to put out those additional tracks. If he feels like as an artist, he needs to put those out for whatever, you know, reasons. I think that he's been afforded that opportunity to do so. And, you know, I don't think it's a trash album. I think it's a little bit too long. I think if you're a, if you're a hardcore Eminem fan, I really think you'll enjoy this, this album. I think you'll really like it. If you're somebody like me, and you like that renegade Eminem? You feel me? Hell, even that toy soldier Eminem. Then you'll like some of these tracks, but you know, it's gonna be some stuff that you're gonna, you know, naturally just kind of rock it. This is my first Eminem album I've listened to in a long time, to be honest with you. I don't think I've listened to the last two or three joints. Just wasn't for me. Just wasn't for me, man. Whenever you get into too much drug use and it's just, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be here for your therapy session, man. That's just, I mean, you know, no disrespect. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't horrible. Unfortunately, I do have to say that I listened to, I forgot about them, but they, I listened to this. NERD came back. That's Pharrell and his boys, if you don't remember. They came back with a joint called No One Ever Really Dies. No One Ever Really Dies. And for me, from the opening joint, this CD died. <laughs> I didn't like it, man. Just my opinion, man. And I've and the 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 thing is, I came that that was the one CD that I came in wanting to like it. I didn't know what to expect from Jeezy. Coming into the Eminem, I knew at some point it was going to get dark. The NERD, I was like, you know what? I want to like this because these are the guys who gave me the clips. These are the guys who gave me some real dope shit in them early 2000s. Even some of the projects they put out. For real, love for real what he's doing, what he's done musically. I ain't like this shit, though. <laughs> I ain't like that, man. That shit was some weirdo shit. <laughs> And listen, it just, maybe it wasn't for me, man. Maybe it just wasn't for me. So I don't know. 
I don't know. I haven't fully listened to the whole Scarface. I've listened to a lot of those tracks. A lot of those tracks, what he did was he re-put it back out. Um, with They were the exact same tracks. He just laid some new verses on some of them. Then he, I think he has like a couple of tracks that are brand new. So I haven't listened to the whole thing. What I have listened to is dope. Scarface is a legend. He should be on at least your top 10 list. Let's just be real right now. If face is not on your top ten list, you gotta, you gotta, you better, you better give me a a, a, a hell of a list that you finna give me. I'll give you Jay. I'll give you uh, uh, Pac. I'll give you Big. Right? I'm gonna give you those three off rip. Hell, I'll even give you Rock Kim. God MC. I'll give you Rock Kim. I'll give you Nas. That gets you to five. Jay, Big, Pac, Rock Kim, Nas. That gets you to five right there. I'm going to give you, not even if I, I'm not even saying I agree, I don't agree, but I'll give you those five. Now, what you're going to have to do is now give me five more people that you'll take before you say the name Scarface. And understand, I'm going to give you my criteria so I don't leave this as an open-ended question. When I'm saying Scarface is one of the one of the top 10 MCs of all time, I'm not just talking about dope lyrics because he got that shit on deck. I'm not just talking about hit records because he got them on deck too. I'm talking full body of work. I'm talking about longevity. I'm talking about consistent hits. I'm talking about big singles. And I'm talking about overall really good albums. He checks off all the boxes, man. Even when he was with the Ghetto Boys. Checked off all the boxes. Everybody who is somebody in hip hop uh, -hop respects him in terms of dope artists your, your jay-z's your tupac's so if he's on your top 10 list man yeah y'all gotta do something different for me dog and then speaking of tupac uh boosie's album was actually called Bupac, which is i think a terrible name i'm not sure who you know i understand what you're doing there little boosie tupac you know the problem with that is it, listen I know people haven't done it as of late. I think maybe 50 was maybe the last one. But it was a run in like, you know, from the time Pac died to like maybe the the mid-early 2000s, maybe like 06, 07, where like everybody was coming out trying to wanting to fill that Tupac void. And it just got weird. You know what I'm saying? It was even the fans were trying to put people in that Tupac space. They were trying to put DMX there. They tried to put, Ja Rule tried to put himself there. And some people tried to oblige him, but... It was a, re- a real weird run where people were trying to fill that space. And so, you know, I like Boosie. I'm from the South. He's from the South. I, I, I like, I, I don't dislike Boosie. I'll say this. I have not listened to his album uh, yet. Um, I'll listen to it and I'll be honest about it. But I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet. So we'll see what happens there, man. Okay, y'all boys, some hip hop, dog. You know what it is. It's People's Chant Radio, man. We talk about everything, man. This is the only place where we really seriously merge the hip-hop with the sports, man. The way it's always supposed to have been from the beginning. Let's keep it moving, though, man. And by the way, before I move on, if you don't agree, let me know. Hit the comment section up. Let me know. But you got to give me, especially on that Scarface thing, if he's not in your top 10, you got to give me your list now. You got to give me your list and understand the criteria I'm basing it on. Longevity. Consistent hit records. 
big singles and overall good albums. Those are my four criteria. Uh, I'm sorry. And he can spit. So five things. Cause a lot of people like to do this thing where they'll put like somebody like, I don't know, like Ghostface Killer. They'll take a Ghostface. Oh, he got me one time. He, who, who you know can spit better? Hey, listen, you stop. Because now you're just going to buy individual guys who you feel like rap really good. I'm saying somebody that can spit, somebody that has given you longevity, somebody that has given you uh, hit records, somebody that has given you major singles, and somebody that, oh, that that has consistently also given you good albums. Those are my, That's my five-point criteria when I'm rattling it off and saying that Scarface is top 10 based on that criteria. Now, if you don't agree with that criteria, then you know I don't know fucking kick rocks, but that's the criteria I, that 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 I look at when I'm going my by my top ten, and so obviously that's why somebody like Jay Z is in there. Biggie gets in there even though he doesn't have the longevity, but damn, it was so dope. So he goes actually on the lower end of my scale just because he doesn't have the body of work to compete with some of those other guys. Tupac, while he wasn't here for a long time, put out so much content that he, he he's on the list. But you know who does not make my list? And I'm going to move on from this after I say this. Who does not make my list? Who's on a lot of people's list? And it's just because of my criteria. I often have a hard time putting Andre 3000 on that list. Hell of a spitter. It's difficult when you're in a group and because now you're in a group and I'm taking like a 16 you dropping, you know, versus dudes who are putting out constant albums. You feel me? So it's difficult for me with, for, for me with Andre 3000. I think Andre is like this. It's this myth that you have to put him on your top five or your top 10 list. And I'm saying, hey, listen, I love Outkast. Don't get me. Listen, I'm a huge, I'm not a little Outkast fan. I'm a huge Outkast fan. I'll take it even further. I'll take it further. I'm one of the only people I know that actually used to, and I still fuck with it, that fucked with the song Prototype <laughs> that Andre Three Stacks put out. It's the weird video with aliens and stuff. Listen, I, I don't, I was on some real, some real neo soul movement when that joint came. It just became one of my joints. That's my joint. I like that track. Um, so, I, so I'm a three stacks fan, but I also got to be honest, man. So you know what it is, People's Champ Radio, man. We got to keep it a thousand over here, man. You know, gonna hear that truth first, man. Let's talk about a little NFL though, man. A couple things that just happened. Some things wrapping up. Patriots with a comeback win over the Steelers. They win it 27-24. And I knew that was gonna, I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> Gronkowski had a career day. Nine catches for 168. It was a late touchdown too. Late touchdown to win it. Too bad for the Steelers, man. I think that's one of those games for the Steelers that if they win, I think they really feel like. They can win it all if they if they win that game. Too bad for them, man. We'll see what happens now. And I believe I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I can confirm it now. Antonio Brown left the game. Or I guess he got hurt before the game with that calf injury. 
or during the game. I take that back. I'm looking at it now. I got hurt during the game, second quarter with the calf injury. Cold world. My pick from the NFC when we started the season was the Green Bay Packers. And it was because I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. He came back today from the broken collarbone. And Cam Newton welcomed his ass back. <laughs> they lost to the Panthers 31-24. Somebody got to talk to me about this Twitter hand or Twitter hashtag that the Panthers do or that the Panthers have during games. Hashtag keep pounding. That shit just sounds all types of weird. <laughs> Who the hell? <laughs> Who's over there on the Carolina Panthers? social media team who came up with that dumb shit hashtag keep pounding listen you gotta understand we live in 2017 man come on (laughs) hashtag keep pounding okay (laughs) anyway (laughs) the panthers won 31 24 cam was uh what was cam cam was really good man 264 yards four touchdowns no picks he was good today, man. You remember, I think it was 20 or 31. You remember when long, long time ago, week one, or I'm sorry, maybe week two, three, four, somewhere in there, where people were saying Cam forgot how to play football and he wasn't looking good and yada, yada, yada. And the Panthers are, you know, hey, what's going to happen in Carolina? All of a sudden, Cam is looking good. The Panthers are moving. And all is right in the world, right? Over there in Carolina. Now, for Aaron Rodgers, for as great as he is, not even Aaron Rodgers can come back from that long of a layoff with that team that he currently has and look unstoppable. Now, with that being said, I need to speak with the play callers over there, the offensive coordinator, as to why when Aaron Rodgers come back and his, comes back in his first game, he throws the ball 45 times. I know we're in a new NFL. I get that. But the man just came back. He goes 26 of 45, three touchdowns, three interceptions, 290 yards. It's a rough day. It's a rough day. Listen, that's a good Carolina team, but that's a rough day. <laughs> 26 of 45, three touchdowns, three picks. It's tough. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine moving forward. Maybe hell, maybe they said he just needs the reps in the live. I don't know. That just looked that looked weird as hell to me though. That looked weird. But we'll see. Elsewhere. Did you guys see that uh that Ram, the, the the Rams in Seattle game, the hell happened over there? Forty-two to seven. What the hell is that about? The Rams won forty-two to seven. Get shit together over there, Seattle. Houston got smacked around again, forty-five to seven. They played Jacksonville. Now I know that Jacksonville defense is good, and I know Houston's been decimated by injuries. But my God, have some pride. Forty-five-seven.
Late game tonight. Old school. Old school. Dallas and Oakland. Man. Dallas and Oakland. Dallas coming in 7 and 6. Oakland 6 and 7. Important game for both teams. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what Dallas team we get tonight. It's a game Dallas should win, but we'll see what Dallas will, will we get tonight. Never know with those guys, man. Never know. We'll see what happens though with them. You know what I want to talk about, man? I forgot about it this a few weeks ago. wanted to chop it up about them damn and I, this has nothing to do with football but this is my brain just said hey I forgot to talk about this <laughs> them damn red concords that came out the red jays that came out did y'all get them man did y'all cop those I thought that shit was a little weird just because it, you know listen I know this ain't the 80s hell this ain't even the 90s when it was popping so the gang banging although motherfuckers be out here set claiming it ain't really motherfuckers ain't really heavy active like that but the first thing I thought about when I saw that shoe was, damn, I mean, you want motherfuckers to get shot. Like, that shoe, I don't think would have came out in the 90s or the 80s. Especially, maybe in the 80s when, like, motherfuckers weren't really paying, when, like, the manufacturers weren't really paying attention. But by the 90s, motherfuckers got it now. They were like, yo, motherfuckers is getting killed. You know, we were in school when they would tell us that it was certain stuff that we couldn't wear, we could wear. Like, hey, yo, don't wear that. Then they just started saying, hey, fuck it, we can go to, we can go to uniforms. We ain't got time for this shit. But me, my favorite shoe, not Jordan, my favorite shoe, period. And I'm a big fan of dress shoes. And so I'm including everything. I got a couple pair of Ferragamos. You dig what I'm saying? Pop my collar over here, man. We getting money. But anyway, <laughs> my favorite shoe of all time are the, are, are the black and white Concours, the Space Jam joints. It's just, a, it's just a dope shoe. I can recall when they came out, that shit was like crack when the motherfuckers dropped. I don't think you understand when those came out. Oh. Man, listen. <laughs> Motherfuckers getting hit in the head. It was real. For my money, the greatest shoe ever. That's the best shoe sports wise. I don't I, to me that's hands down. Hands down. That was a great shoe. The look, it looked clean, it looked smooth. You hadn't really seen anything like it before. It was just dope. It was dope. Now the phone posits was hype, but now the phone posits have been so overdone. Now I think my thing with the phone posits, I think they shouldn't have brought them back and made them as I think they kind of sullied the nostalgia behind the phone posits. Cause they just start hitting everybody in the head with these phone posits here over the last couple years phone posits phone posits phone and i get it but i like you know some things some things not all but some you have to leave a little bit of that nostalgia to it and i think that's a shoe that they could have brought out and i understand it was a money grab so i, I listen get your money whatever but the nostalgia of that shoe had they done it right in my opinion and just brought it out every three four years brought out something different with the phone posits because that was when that shoe came out the big thing about that shoe is that the real sports fans 
that was the first time I remember the sports, the the hardcore sports fans clashing with these sneakerheads, and it was about picking sides. And the the talking point was people were upset with the fact that Anthony Hardaway had a shoe. Shout out to Penny that he had a shoe that was more expensive than the Jordans. That was the big argument that everybody was having. Now, I would argue this. At that point in time, the way Penny was playing, the shit I saw Penny doing, turn this up. When I, I'm getting ready to say, turn this up before I say this. I'm going to give you time. I'm going to give you like three seconds. Turn this up. Take a sip while you turn this up. At that time, Penny Hardaway was well on his way to being better than Michael Jordan. Yeah, I said it. Well on his way to replacing Jordan. He was ready to put Jordan out to pasture. Now, we know that didn't happen. But that was a real conversation. Way before Kobe came to the league. The thing with Kobe and Jordan was that Kobe saw a guy that was of a similar stature for, uh, that he was and rightfully thought, you know what? This guy's built like me. We have similar athleticism, similar type body structure. I can really use what he's doing as a template to help me shape my game. And that's what he did and did it successfully. And so that's what the comparisons were. And that's what the whole hubbub was about between Kobe and Jordan. Kobe tried to do everything like Jordan. That's not what the hell Penny Hardaway did. Penny Hardaway was Penny Hardaway. He was a straight point guard that would take Jordan's six foot six ass to the block and some games treat him like a little boy down there. That's real talk. I've seen the games. You can go watch the tape now. So I'm not saying that MJ wasn't handling his business. Don't, don't get that misconstrued. Mike was handling his business still. But Penny Hardaway was that dude. And so, yeah, man, but those phone posits were dope. It was a lot of dope shoes that came out right, right around that same time. So, you know, but yeah, I said to bring that up, though, with those all red. I was like, damn, I mean, I get it. It was the holidays. You know, I, you know, I understand. But shit, throw some green in the motherfuckers or something. <laughs> you feel me? When, when I first they, The damn shoes had so much red in them When I looked the first Like without even knowing What the hell was going on I went I went Little Wayne I was Sue whoop I was oh shit No 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 I don't bang at all But uh, you know That's what I <laughs> You feel me I was like you know What just happened over here Crazy What's up with Mellow shoe deal I'm hearing some weird things about Carmelo Anthony's shoe deal. So from what I'm hearing, they're not coming out with any more signature Carmelo shoes. The Jordan brand isn't. But I'm guessing he's going to be just right. So here's the way I read it. Is that it's no longer going to be a signature Carmelo shoe. But he's still with the Jordan brand. And so he's just going to rock different. Listen, either way, the way it sounds to me, from my understanding, is that Carmelo's still going to get a check. So get your money. It's so many damn shoes that come out now. I mean, listen, I I can't ever remember anybody talking about you got to get them new Mellows. No disrespect to Carmelo. I mess with Mellow heavy. 
but I don't remember that conversation. I think some of these guys maybe should take more onus on their shoes in terms of like the development and like really wanting to have something that is signature to them. You know what I'm saying? Remember when Kobe back in the day when he was with Adidas? Said he wanted to des to design his shoe. He had, I think he had some some input on those first couple designs. My dumb ass went out and bought those space boots that he put out. You remember those? They came in. I think they came in like black, gray, and white. And they literally looked just like a, people used to call them moon boots. I mean, it, 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 you know, looking back on it, I, I've seen a picture of me wearing them. Ladies and gentlemen, I actually wore those in a college basketball game. <laughs> I took them off at halftime. <laughs> Oh, what a dumbass pair of shoes, Kobe. But how about LeBron? If, if you're not old enough to remember when LeBron first came to the NBA, I think it was his first shoe. His big thing was because he liked the Hummer. I think the H2 Hummer was out, if I'm not mistaken, at that time. And listen, <laughs> people share radio, man. You're rocking with Roy Mack right now. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm about to go somewhere with that Hummer reference. If you know LeBron's history, you know where I'm about to go. Let me talk to my OGs. If you know LeBron's history, you know where I'm about to go. People's Champ, man. You listen to the Roy Mag. Hit us up on the YouTube channel. Rate, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell icon. Get notified when that new content and that new ish is dropping. iTunes in the podcast section. We there. Hit us up. People's Champ iHeartRadio, we coming soon. No Chaser Radio, that's the movement. DPC, FED, that's the plug. What up, Hooks? But LeBron, if you remember, I always praise LeBron on this platform for never having anything. You can't, it's really nothing out there on LeBron. It was some little bullshit. I guess some some shit somebody got incorrect some shit they tried to make between like him and I think it was Jordan Sparks or some weird shit but it's nothing out there with LeBron you don't even you don't even have the only pictures from like in the club you have of LeBron is after they won the championship when the whole team is there so LeBron has done an excellent job in terms of just playing basketball staying away from the other bullshit you see him usually with his wife his kids he's at games all that fly shit but if you remember one of the funny controversies of LeBron's and, and the, the only controversy I really acknowledge in LeBron's career was when he was in high school when it was basically known he was coming out to the NBA and everybody pretty much booked that he was going to be one of the top picks one day mysteriously a Hummer showed up at his house <laughs> and LeBron was driving an H2 Hummer to school man <laughs> hilarious and the reason I brought that up with the shoes was because if you recall, and I think I'm right on this, LeBron was going around and when he was designing his shoe, he was saying that he wanted the shoe to have like that look, to look like the H2 Hummer, which is hilarious looking back on it now. I would love to talk to LeBron about that. Not not what had, you know, not the story behind him having the Hummer, but the shoe. I'll leave that alone. Listen, man, I know the game. You know what I'm saying? I know the game. I ain't mad at you. But yeah, he wanted to design a shoe like a Hummer. That's hilarious. But I think more of these guys should, should really look into their shoe man and really um you know try to do more with it like I, I actually enjoyed what kevin durant did with his shoe in terms of like some of the stuff he had on there some of the new stuff he's doing that's cool you feel me but you know have a little bit of onus on that to to make it a little bit more exclusive you know what i'm saying to make it a better feel because sometimes i don't even know who the hell shoe is whose and what's what you know i like the kyrie's those are kind of dope 
Those are kind of dope. But yeah, man, it's crazy out here. But let me know what your what's your favorite shoe out here, man. I think I know a couple couple weeks ago, me and Cash were talking about those Barry Sanders and the Dion Sanders. Cash said he was a Dion Sanders shoe guy, which I liked. I had those, but I also had them Barry Sanders. Them, them Barry Sanders was tough as hell. Nothing messes the Concords, man. Listen, maybe get ready to wrap it up. People Chant Radio, Roy Mag riding solo. Spaceship. No rearview mirrors. We ain't looking back, man. If y'all back there, y'all y'all ain't got left. You feel me? That's the way it is, man. Hit us up, man, that YouTube channel. iHeartRadio, we coming soon. iTunes in the podcast section, we there. Roy Mack and Cash, man. That's the big show every single Sunday. On Wednesdays, I let y'all ride shotgun with me and I dress drop some free game about, about anything going on in sports or rap, hip-hop culture. That's on Wednesdays with me, Roy Mack. Cash is going to start dropping every single week. Believe it's Thursdays, but with Cash, obviously, you never know. So just stay tuned. We'll see when, you know, when the spirit moves him, you know, that's when he'll move. <laughs> but yeah, man, y'all keep rocking with us, dog. We're going to keep putting this out, man. I'm telling you, 2018 is finna go down. You want to get on this train right now because once this thing get rolling, <laughs> you can't get no more free, Randy. People's Champ Radio. I holler. <laughs>